Plex is open. We got a special guest with us today. Yes, indeed. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, Josh. How's everybody doing? Uh, my name is Josh Bullock. Uh, I am a animator, comic book creator. Uh, I, I do a lot of stuff. Bit business owner now, so it's, it's actually been pretty crazy. Yeah, and. Uh... For this episode, we wanted to uh, have you on, not just uh, as a wonderful tie-in for Black History Month, but also to highlight and uh, get to know some uh, indie artists a little a little better. And I, after the work that I've seen you do since the time we've known each other, I figured you'd be one a really good guest. Oh, nice. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're yeah, welcome. It's, it's been it's been a long time, man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, for for our listeners, uh, Josh and I, we've known each other for. Oh gosh. Oh man, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> seems like it was decades ago. That I... Oh, it, it pretty much is a decade ago. To to be honest, because. Yeah. Let's see. We we both attended the same college, the yeah. University of St. Francis at like the School of Creative Arts or SOCA. Yeah. And we were both in the in the animation program. Yeah. Yep. And uh Josh was one year ahead of me. Yeah. And, and from the time that I've known him, I've seen him shift from one thing to another and just going <laughs> on on this journey that even now has taken some wild turns but uh yeah definitely that, wild turns yeah I'll, I'll agree with that one yeah so uh tell us a little bit about yourself josh so yeah i graduated from the university of st francis back in 2013 um so yeah a long time ago and from there, um, I, I tried to, you know, I was trying to figure things out. So I, I applied for like the Disney internship. I believe that was the same year that I went to like CTN and SIGGRAPH. For those of you guys that might not know, uh, those are just like animation conventions and like, you know, computer programming conventions, stuff like that. So uh, technology uh, uh, conventions as well. So went to those and, um, you know, got to got to sit down and actually get my work critiqued by Disney, people from Disney, which was pretty cool. Oh, um, that is awesome. And uh, they had some they had some pretty harsh words. Oh. <laughs> so, and as I was sitting there, I was like, well, it was funny because one guy was like way into my work and another guy, he he had to be part of the uh, of the art. <laughs> side of things and the other guy was like more of the 3d computer technology side and uh and he was more like yeah uh you, you still got a ways to go man 
<laughs> so, so yeah, you know, I I I I took that and I said, okay, I, I really got to elevate my work and stuff like that. So after all that, you know, applied for Disney internship, didn't get it. So then I actually moved back from Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is where St. Francis uh, was located, moved back to Indianapolis and uh, and decided to do YouTube videos. And uh, from there <laughs> was doing, uh, I guess, my claim to fame for my YouTube channel was like making Five Nights at Freddy's videos. You know, God help us all. Uh, and uh, it's still going. And it's still going. I, I said, I can't do anymore. I can't keep up with this series. So, so yeah, so I did the, did that for about a year or two while just working at Pepsi and stuff like that, just trying to make ends meet, you know, but still trying to focus on animation. And one of my videos hit 3 million views and I got noticed by a company down in Evansville, um, Smash Bits Animation. So I didn't, had no idea there was an animation company down in Evansville, Indiana, moved down there. Um, for about two years and worked with smash bits we uh still did a lot of youtube stuff but we did stuff for like omnia media like machinima and um a couple other a couple other uh networks that don't exist anymore <laughs> uh, they all got blasted out of existence no <laughs> and uh they were screwing youtubers over so it was you know they, they got what they deserve what else uh, is new <laughs> so Ooh. uh so, yeah, so uh, we we did that. And then we actually, you know, elevated to working on stuff for um, Disney XD, DreamWorks TV and uh, Wild Brain, which is uh, located. They're located in Europe, but they also have I guess they have also have have a studio here in uh, in California. Did that. And then after that, uh, decided in 2018 that I wanted to do freelance work. And that's around the time that I created my Monarch series. And I wanted to pursue that and really try to push that. So I just did freelance work for about two years um, while working on Monarchs, trying to, you know, get it to a point to where I could start selling books and stuff like that. And then just this past year, once the, the you know, once the whole pandemic thing happened, started a company, <laughs> an animation company with our former professor, Matt White. So from there, it's just been, you know, it's just been moving forward. Yeah. Could you explain to our audience what Monarchs is? Yeah, so I guess I'll go into the inspiration first, just to kind of give you guys a, an idea of where I was coming from with it. Yeah, yeah. So the inspiration for Monarchs actually stemmed from Dragon Ball and uh, My Hero Academia. Uh, around the time that I started working on Monarchs, I had just discovered <laughs> My Hero Academia. And I was like, oh, this this is amazing. And then around that same time, um, I got on Instagram because my sister was like, why are you not posting like your art on Instagram? Like, you know, people are blowing up there. And so I was like, all right, I'll get on and uh, started following a lot of black artists. And I saw that a lot of black artists would create like this amazing Dragon Ball art with these black characters. But like they would just recolor like Goku or Vegeta or they would, um, you know, they would create like their own black characters. But of course, it's still Dragon Ball. They were still dressed in Saiyan, you know, the Saiyan warrior outfits and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I was just like, why? Why is nobody like creating a series that's kind of like a spiritual successor or something along the lines of Dragon Ball for the black community? So I said, screw it. I'll just do it. <laughs> and uh, and that's pretty much how it happened. And basically the series um, follows Jakari and Pepper. They're the two main characters. Um, Iris uh, is another main character that comes in uh, a little bit later, but follows Jakari and Pepper. 
and they want to become what are known as monarchs. Um, the, the monarchs are the most powerful warriors in the galaxy. They all have crowns above their heads, which have different colors that signify their power levels, you know, based on how strong you are, based on how elite you are, you have a different uh, crown color than everybody else. And so that's pretty much what Jakari and Pepper want to be. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like that shonen tournament style type of manga-esque anime, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the, the the basic of it. I mean, there's a lot more going into the story, but... Very cool. Since Monarchs has started and you've been posting artwork from various other projects that you've had over the years, what what's the reaction to your artwork? Yeah, uh, the so at first, I guess people were a little... I, they were put off by the cartoony nature of it. It didn't look like a lot of the other black anime-esque style or, you know, kind of uh, content that was out. Like uh, Afro Samurai and... Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of, uh, you know, you see a lot of that, a lot of that type of style or like a Boondocks-esque style. Yeah. yeah. That a lot of people try to match. Um, and so it was way cartoonier than that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And a lot of people were like, what is this? But I think once they saw the premise of it and they saw like the crowns and they they and they saw where I was going with it, that's when they were like, oh, wait, you know, this is something like you, you got something here. And so slowly, like over the years, as I developed it, it started to change. Um, and of course, like the designs for the characters, you know, they, they got better. They got more mm -hmm. detailed. You know, I, I was able to really flesh out, you know, the style of the series like in chapter one there's a huge jump in just like from one page to the next in the art because i started to like i started to get comfortable with the characters and the style of this and the style of the series so like it goes from looking like crap to all of a sudden whoa this actually looks good <laughs> just this unexpected glow up yeah like and plus i didn't know I'm, i use clip paint studio which is an amazing program and uh, I didn't know how to use the program at the time, so I had no idea what I was doing. But, you know, I just I just threw it together. What do you have in mind with your uh, company that, that you've started? Could you go into a little more detail about that? Yeah, so um, our company is Boom Animation. Basically, what we do is we make a lot of smaller, short-form animations. Um, we do a lot of animate, animation work for people who want to have pilots or who want to have, like, short concepts that they can use to sell their work. That's pretty much been what we have mainly done. And then we do have a couple of clients that we do longer form work with. So we do kind of, you know, we're, we're doing like illustrations. We're kind of helping grow the company. You know, one of our clients has like a, 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 a hip hop mixed with health type of thing, a theme going on. And so we've been building up their character base. So there's just different things that we, that we do. But the main thing is like, we're just trying to help people, you know, grow and, and and build their pilots that they can take to Netflix or that they can take to, you know, wherever they decide that they want to go. But eventually what we want to do is be able to create our own content. So we have like Ghoul Sitters, which is one of our properties that we want to develop and then eventually in the future be able to bring Monarchs over and, and develop that as well. So that's that's the future goal. Nice. Very nice. Very cool. It's definitely clear that since your time at St. Francis, you've acquired some some new skills and had to learn some some things that you probably didn't. Yeah. What has that been like? 
man, it's been a, it's, it's been interesting. You know, I didn't know how to use a lot of programs, you know, back when I was in college. I mean, I still don't know everything about After Effects today. I don't think anybody will ever know everything about that program. <laughs> um, they update it like every day. Yeah. So basically, yeah. I, but but like even from now, like I can get into After Effects and I can whip something together with an effect like no problem. Whereas when I was at school, like, you know, I would struggle and I would have to watch like several tutorials and, you know, so it's it's been a process, but it's been rewarding just because I do feel like I, I'm the kind of person that learns from doing it, not so mm-hmm. much like reading or not so much like, you know, which a lot of school was <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah. you know, don't don't give me a textbook like, you know, make make me do it. Make me apply it to something. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll learn it. And I think. uh and so I think that that's been that's been the biggest thing. It's just like jumping in and not knowing how to do anything, not knowing how to do any of this stuff and just saying, screw it. I'm just going to learn and teach myself. Yeah. At this point, I would like to ask you what some of your influences either are or currently have been, because personally, I knew you were influenced uh, back in the days of St. Francis by uh, the Secret of Kells and that art style. Yes, I I have not forgotten. <laughs> yeah, Cartoon Saloon. I'm still a huge fan of them today. They keep getting better. Yeah, mm-hmm. their work just keeps elevating every time they release a new project. A friend actually gave me Song of the Sea as a gift uh, when my daughter was born. Oh, that's such a good movie. It that's is a beautiful film. Oh, it really is. I, I got the DVD. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, it's good. <laughs> They have a new one out that I'd love to see, but I think it's on Apple TV and yeah, mm-hmm. it's completely inaccessible to me. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> it's like, dang it, can you release it for everything else, please? I mean, they probably will in like a few months or so, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of my bigger influences as a kid, I, I grew up, of course, with Pokemon, Digimon, huge fan of both of those. You know, I, I still recall the days of where I would come home every day to watch Dragon Ball Z because I wanted to see what happened next in the Frieza saga. Wouldn't do my homework or anything. Just wanted to see that. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and not only that, just watch the whole Toonami block because it just amazing stuff back then. But like I, I, I did, you know, I was inspired by uh, Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry. I loved all that stuff. Some artist that really inspired me was uh, Gendy Tartakovsky. Loved yes. all his work. Yeah. Um, even to this day. <laughs> um, still love everything that he does. I'm glad that they, you know, he he got another crack at Samurai Jack to finish it. Because mm-hmm. uh, that was another thing I grew up watching. And then it just kind of ended. So, yeah, I grew up watching a lot of that. Uh, Bruce Smith, who was the creator yeah. of uh, Bay Bay's Kids and uh, yes. Proud Family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Worked, yeah. On a, worked on a ton of my childhood <laughs> cartoons like goof I, I didn't even know he worked on goofy movie but when i found that out i did not know that either yeah he did i i noticed that when i was because i just rewatched that a few weeks ago yeah still greatest disney movie of all time oh yeah oh hell yeah oh holds up fantastically so so yeah he was definitely a big inspiration um for me and then kind of as i got older i started to really get into like i believe it's shinchiro watanabe i i hope i'm saying that right think that's it who i believe was behind samurai shampoo i believe don't don't quote me on i might be wrong (laughs) um (laughs) but 
if if that's wrong, I love Samurai Shampoo, Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah. And uh and then I think they were behind Carolyn Tuesday, which released recently, which I absolutely love that as well. So again, if I'm wrong, <laughs> I hope I'm you know, <laughs> correct me on that one. But um yeah, I loved all that stuff growing up. And then uh of course I got an Afro Samurai Boondocks with uh, Aaron Magruder. I read the comic strips of Aaron Magruder, I got the little books, the little comic strip books of that um of the Boondocks. I've got I've got those. Yeah, I was huge, huge boondocks. That was one thing I love reading in the paper back when you back when you read comics in the paper. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I feel so old. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, you would you would you would get the funny pages. <laughs> oh yeah, every Sunday. <laughs> So yeah, that was just. I mean, it, it, there's a there's a lot more art. Uh, Craig McCracken's another one. Um, yeah, I yeah. love his recent yeah. uh, uh, Kid, Kid Cosmic. Cosmic. Kid Cosmic, yes, yeah, Kid Cosmic is hilarious. Okay, because I I saw that was just released and I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, that's him. Oh, oh damn! Hey, <laughs> check this out. Yes. Saw a tweet from Warren Faust typing it. Yeah, of course. Last one I was aware of with him was um, Wander Over Yonder. That's that's the one, yes. Oh man, yeah. Jeez, that was a while ago. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, Craig McCracken's another one. You know, of course, any the, the the Cartoon Network golden age for me with Dexter's Laboratory, Johnny Bravo, anybody that came from that era. Yes, I, uh, I admire. <laughs> so just a little bit. Oh, and Toriyama, of course, Dragon Ball. So obviously you have a lot of influences and a lot of that overlaps into like the nerd and geek culture what is that like as as a black person man i saw your your segment on amazon prime for the new nerd and yeah i want uh, our listeners to uh hear what you have to say about navigating that whole space yeah it's um so Growing up, being a black nerd, well, being a nerd, uh, we, we we like to just say we're just nerds. But yeah, growing up being a nerd, it was kind of like it, it was it was something that you were kind of shamed out of being. You know, I didn't go around telling a lot of my black friends that I watch Pokemon, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, I actually got made fun of because I had the I had the Pokemon to be a master CD. Oh, really? was rocking out to all those songs on that classic hit CD. And uh, <laughs> and it got made fun of because I didn't know who the rapper Mystical was, but I knew what Pokemon was. And that was my first foray into rap. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> before then, like, I had only listened to, like, Michael Jackson and Prince. And like, I listened to stuff my parents listened to. Like, I had never listened to rap. And, um, and yeah, I got, I got made fun of and, and felt some type of way about it. <laughs> So, you know, I still enjoyed my Pokemon CD, but I was immediately like, crap, I got to figure out what rap is. And so, yeah, and and I think a lot of a lot of people like me at that time kind of can we kind of have the same story. You got made fun of a lot and it got to a point where you didn't want to share, you know, you didn't want to share it with your friends. Like, you know, if you shared it with your white friends, they'd be like, you're into that stuff. You know, like I didn't think black people were into that stuff. And then if you shared it with your black friends. Oh, they crucified you. And funny enough, a lot of them were actually watching it themselves. 
<laughs> and so I'm like, you guys are just a bunch of closeted nerds that just didn't want to come out. <laughs> you know, he who is without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just from my experience. Maybe it was different. But yeah, from my experience, I, I, I found out later down the line that I was like, yeah, a lot of you that made fun of me, you knew exactly what Dragon Ball was <laughs> and what all these animes were. And you were like rocking them. But it is good now to see that uh, especially anime has just kind of taken over the black community. When I like I went to an inner city school to talk about, you know, what I do and stuff like that. And I just saw like the kids, they were all like geeking out with it, like every kid and every kid was into all the stuff that I was talking about. And they knew exactly what I was talking about. I showed them the Dragon Ball Broly movie and talked about, you know, squash and stretch and all the animation principles and stuff like that, that they use in the movie. And they were into it. (laughs) And I was just sitting there like, man, where was this when I was in school? (laughs) Yeah, times have changed. (laughs) So that, that brought joy to my heart. How would you go about writing like a character that was well-rounded and didn't fit into any kind of like stereotypes? How do you do that? Hmm. That's a good question. So I guess the way that I would go about it would probably be um, a lot of the times I write my characters first, kind of with no, I mean, and of course, like I, I definitely want to, you know, have mainly like, black characters or people of color in my stories just because you know there's not a lot of it exactly but yeah i I would just write the story first or write the character out first and then look at like the character attributes and see what kind of look would fit with the character because i know a lot of people they they try to assign different different things or different stereotypes to different races of characters yeah. And for me, like, for instance, one of my characters uh, for Ghoul Sitters, DJ, she's a business owner that decides that she wants to babysit monster kids. You know, I when I first created her, I didn't have in mind that she's going to be black. But as soon as I created the character and designed her and then got her out, I was like, OK, you know, we don't have a lot of female black characters in media and we definitely don't have female black young characters that like start their own little babysitting business. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that would be interesting to do that. And then of course she's surrounded by a cast of various races of characters. So yeah, I guess, I guess that's how I'd go about it. I hope I answered the question. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, you did. And uh, continuing on with that thread of representation, which piece of media, whether it be like film, book, television, comic book, etc., did you watch and think, I could have done a lot better if I rewrote this character or like fixed this particular design? Oh, you mean in the in the media that I created or like anything that I saw? A- anything you, you've seen. Um... I guess going on the going on the route of uh, soul, uh, since I just saw that last night, I I think with 22's character, I would have left 22 ambiguous. Yeah. The the one thing that I did not like is and I and I get it. It was a joke. You know, it was something that they were kind of playing with because, of course, Tina Fey's playing the character. Ha ha. We're going to make fun of the middle aged white woman type joke. But I think once you did that, people's minds immediately went to. 22 is white yes this is obviously leading up to a bigger discussion on soul for this cast but it it really didn't help 
that uh, Tina Fey has had issues in the past regarding racial humor. And once you get to the part of Soul where she's in Joe's body. Yeah. Yeah, I got uncomfortable during that. Yeah. I don't think I would have had an issue with it if they had left that joke out. Just because I'm like, okay, you got to find a voice for the character. Tina Fey's a pretty big name. I get it. Would I have preferred a person of color to play 22? Yeah. Then you would definitely not have those issues, especially if it was another a black actor or actress who played 22. Yeah. But since you went down that route, you know, putting that joke in there, like I said, it just immediately it implants in everybody's mind. Yes, this character is white. <laughs> you know, even though we don't even see what 22 is born as, which I did love that part of the movie. I'm like, that's I love that, that, you know, we don't, you know, because I, I, I my mind went to, oh, my gosh, is Joe going to see they're, they're going to have a shot of Joe seeing 22 or something like as a kid. <laughs> Uh, yeah same <laughs> and, and and they left that open and i was like okay thank god <laughs> yeah and even reading into some of soul's implications based on how they cast jamie fox and tina fey and how jamie fox's character could only really understand what life was like thanks to a white woman's voice inhabiting a black body so i guess i didn't have that big of an issue with that part only because okay. like personally personally now and i'm not saying that like i have you know uh, a, a white soul that's like telling me hey you know you need to stop working so hard and actually enjoy life but the story of joe does connect with me and i think that's what pixar did really well with it was that, you know, I am a workaholic, like I work all the time. And I'm like, I'm chasing this goal. And I'm like, once I get this goal, it's going, everything's going to change. And it did hit me to when we, we can do spoilers, right? I don't want to. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But when he, you know, eventually, of course, he does get to perform. He does actually get to, you know, do the show and he kills it. And then he realizes okay, it's going to be the same thing tomorrow and the next day and the next day. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought that this was going to be something else. And this is not what it is at all. I, I did. I, I did really connect with that. And again, not so much, so much being a black character, just just right. Just that character, that that workaholic who is like, I have this dream that I'm chasing and nothing's going to get in my way. So like the archetype of sorts. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Do you have any other thoughts on Soul? Because I, I am curious what what you thought of it. My biggest issue with Soul is that why did Joe have to turn into the cat? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I I rack my brain <laughs> trying to figure out any other way that they could have done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I get it. It was for comedic purposes, but I'm just like. I'm just like you guys, there's there's a long history of black characters being portrayed as animals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> can we can we go one movie and not do that? <laughs> or starting off as humans, but not being human for the entirety of the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I, I think and again, I, I and I guess my criticisms kind of 
I, well, I don't, I don't want to say it's pointless, but like, it, like I don't know what they could do. But I mean, it's Pixar. They've come up with a whole bunch of creative stuff that I never would have thought about. And I hate the fact that that's where they went with that whole situation. They could have yeah. turned him into a little kid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, two souls inhabiting one body. I don't know. That too. <laughs> that could have been a situation. That was the one thing that really kind of irked me. And the, and the end where I thought that Joe was actually just going to die. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they, they they fixed it at the end i was like okay you guys you, you saved it for me because i was really like are we really gonna do this yeah yeah mixed mixed feelings all around but i, I did enjoy the movie i did enjoy it yeah i had uh, mixed feelings as well mostly for the reasons that you described and then also just kind of thinking in in the background of like how it, it's kind of like a different version of inside out because mm-hmm. you're dealing with like abstract concepts and trying to put them in physical form or at least some comprehensible form and it's like didn't we already see this a couple of years ago yeah and the thing that did kind of save the movie for me a little well i guess i don't want to say save the movie because I, I like i said i enjoyed it but the one thing that i did really like about the movie was the the barbershop scene yes they got that they got that down pat like i've been to barbershops and that's exactly <laughs> how it is it, it, i was like oh my gosh they 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 got this right this is amazing and Again, just the the features of the characters, the character models were amazing and beautiful. Of course, Pixar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it was nice to see, you know, I, I heard from a lot of, uh, I don't remember what gaming company it was, but they were like, oh, it's so hard to do black hair in 3D. That's why we don't do it. And sitting here looking at this movie and I'm like, Pixar nailed black hair. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, so I'm like, I don't, I think you guys are just making excuses here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Video game companies have a history of doing that though, because, mm-hmm. uh, they're like, yeah, we can't make women in these models. It's like, mm-hmm. what are you mm-hmm. talking about? All of their, like now all of a sudden it's just, a, a, a just a whole bunch of women in games now. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I thought you couldn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Exactly. And the question is whether or not the women have the right physics involved. Yeah. We're 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 getting there. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Yeah. But one step at a time. Yeah. Anime has that same problem. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you want to talk yeah, anime is definitely bad about it, but it seems to get away with it. Somehow. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> What kind of advice would you give to someone who wants to go into art, whether it is the animation side or graphic design or mm-hmm. illustration, since you've been in multiple fields since <laughs> yeah. I've known you? <laughs> been in everything. Uh, <laughs> get, hopefully getting video game stuff soon. That'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah um. I mean, the biggest advice that I usually give artists is put your work out there. A lot of artists are now getting found on uh, social media. You know, these companies are reaching out. It was funny because the little Amazon project that I did was seen by one of the lead artists of Overwatch, surprisingly. 
And he literally followed me on Instagram and reached out (laughs) and was like, it was like, cause, cause Jakari, the main character of Monarchs, he uses the style of uh, Dombe, the fighting style, which is a, which is an African fighting style. It's like a, it's like a more rougher form of boxing. Um, but you only use one fist and the other fist is used to, or the other hand is used to block. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, uh, one of our characters, Doomfist is actually a Dombe. He's a, he's a retired Dombe fighter. <laughs> he's like, I'm glad that, you know, you're creating something that like is bringing Dombe to light. Cause he was like, you know, when we created Doomfist for Overwatch, we were like super, you know, into Dombe and like what it was. And we noticed that like, it was not getting any attention at all. Um, as a martial art. And uh, and so from there, I, you know, he reached out and said, hey, we're doing this Halloween thing. Do you want to do some art for us? <laughs> awesome. It, it just happens just like that. Just like that. And so I, I always tell young artists, get your stuff on, get your stuff on social media. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I am a perfectionist. I, I hate that part of myself. But like, I, I you have to get your work out there because if you keep sitting on your work and saying, you know, oh, I need to make this better. I need to make this better. And no one's seeing it. You're, you know, you're not getting anywhere. Is, is there anything that you would have done differently back in your art? Took an internship. <laughs> that's the biggest. That's the biggest one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think mainly taking taking animation a lot more seriously in college developing content and putting it out there um like i was like i was doing afterwards i i I try to tell high school and and college students now i'm like you know start building these bases now because once Mm -hmm. you graduate you know if you're building a comic book while you're in school you know you all you got is class i I know that's like (laughs) that's a lot still but I'm like, you know, you have class, you go to class, you do your homework, and then, you know, unless you're doing extracurricular activities, you know, you can go home and work on your comic book and not have to worry about, you know, a lot of other things that you would have to worry about later on when you graduate. So I'm like, take advantage of that time and, and start putting stuff out there. There's things like Webtoons, there's Tapas. I actually, I'm partnered with uh, Black Sands Entertainment. They are releasing an app for minority artists and and creators very nice just along the lines of webtoons they're doing the same thing put your stuff out there like get it out there because you know you never know who might see it and might pick it up you never know who's watching well this is a weird age we live in with uh social media and how you can just like have someone from overwatch follow you yeah and you know get jobs from that did you ever like when starting putting work out there did you ever do any fan art because I know I know people have gotten jobs from that. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess. I mean, if you want to count those Five Nights at Freddy's YouTube videos as fan art, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> would. It, it's fan art in motion. Yeah, it was definitely fan art. Yeah, so yeah, I I, I did. I, I I don't. Yeah, I think the only fan art I really did was like that Five Nights at Freddy's stuff. I don't think. Well, okay, I take that back. I did Five Nights at Freddy's, Animal Crossing. I did Animal Crossing. Oh, um, sweet! Which I'm I'm a huge fan of, and uh, and then I did uh, I did some Zelda stuff too, which of course Zelda is yeah. like my favorite game of all time, um, absolutely, or series game series of all time. Yeah, other than that, I I don't think aside from when I was a kid and was drawing my Sonic fan art. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it starts. That's how that's how it always begins. There you go. 
Oh my! Just drawing my Sonic fan art, my uh, my Blaze, and then they actually came out with a Blaze character, and I was like, "Crap! All right." <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that happened with my sister. Only in reverse, uh, she would. She's a graphic designer. Uh, she'd come up with characters. Uh, like original characters, and then somehow Matt Groening TV shows would steal them. <laughs> <laughs> One bad puff became Poochie. All of a sudden, it's like, uh, is he spying on us? <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's just that's a fascinating thing to me how that uh, sort of evolves with artists. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of people. I know a lot of people rag on Sonic artists. <laughs> um, and kids that draw Sonic characters. I'm like, look, all, all all us artists know we drew Sonic. If you grew up with Sonic Adventure 2, you you were drawing Sonic back in the day. Like, don't yeah. even lie. Don't lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love how the relationship is with, like, the official, like, people who make the games. They don't even care. They're just like, yeah, like, you're drawing characters like they made a um i think it was sonic forces where you could create your own ocs (laughs) and and you could play your oc in game and that was that's kind of cool i mean sonic mania was basically people who were fans built an official game sonic mania was an amazing game sonic mania is the best sonic game ever and then that guy would go into work on the movie yeah yeah yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely brought brought out the old uh, the old sketchbook when Sonic Forces was released. <laughs> like now's my chance. <laughs> I get to fight along Sonic. Yes, it's a dream come true. <laughs> Just going back to you know black rep- representation and stuff like that, it is encouraging to see the landscape kind of changing and that more black content is getting introduced it's cool to see you know korean stuff getting introduced it's good to see you know well japanese has always been kind of just running everybody wild but it's good to see other cultures that really don't get a voice to that are now starting to get that voice um africa has like a huge comic industry that's growing right now which is really cool there's a big animation studio called triggerfish that are you know down in South Africa, which is growing. So just it's it's good to see like all these different races and cultures starting to catch up, starting to create their own, starting to tell their own stories. Because you know, seeing Superman and Batman rebooted over and over again, I mean, it mm-hmm. gets old. <laughs> and uh, you know, I want to see some other stuff. I want to see some other you know, like this. Is it Raya and the and the yeah yeah like. I'm actually pretty excited about that one. It, it kind of looks cool. Now I'll, I'll hold my judgment for when I see it. <laughs> now, are you going to see it by paying the thirty dollars fee, or see it when it's free on Disney Plus? <sighs> well, oh, when it's on Disney Plus, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, are they charging for it on Disney Plus? Are yes, they doing yes. the Milan thing? Yep it's it's Milan twenty twenty all over again. <sighs> Yeah. You know, HBO Max is giving us Godzilla versus Kong for free. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's weird to me. Disney Disney's charging and, and HBO Max said, here you go, we'll just give this to you. I mean, you're already paying the money. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not gonna work. I'm going to still find a way to see it in a theater because I'm not sane. 
<laughs> I I agree. I'm like, I'm sorry. Godzilla versus King Kong. That's not going to fit on my my small TV. <laughs> I have a great TV. It's not going to fit on mine. <laughs> you know, I, IMAX is the only thing that can contain that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the IMAX here, social distance is good. So, mm. yeah. Good. Yeah. You might see me in the IMAX by myself, but, you know, I'll be in there. <laughs> just rent the theater out and it's like it's all mine (laughs) here to see some monstrous fight bro all this kaiju action is mine oh i'm I'm excited (laughs) yeah gonna be good to have a nice old-fashioned smackdown yeah yeah just you know keep keep you know you can have your humans in there but just just keep them out of the camera for (laughs) i want to see godzilla king kong like that's what i want to see Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't care about the humans and the relationships. <laughs> Monkey versus dinosaur. Yeah, like, like who cares about what the kids are doing or what the people are doing on the ground? It's like, ah, oh, here we have our human care. Oh, Godzilla stepped on him. Fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because I actually have a different opinion of like the. Uh, I started watching uh the Wandavision show. Yes. yes. And uh, it, yeah, it's 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 good. It's frying my brain. It's so good. Um, but I, I I am starting to really like seeing how the how the snap has affected all the other people in that universe. Instead of like you know, because yeah, it's cool seeing Captain America throwing the shield and Thor and all them. Like it's it's cool seeing all that. But I'm like, yo, I want to know what happened to those people that were gone for three years and now they're back. Like, what? How does this work? Um, and they're doing it. Mm-hmm. They're doing it. I'm a huge, huge Monica Rambeau fan, and I cannot say enough good about what Paris is doing on that show. Oh yeah. But then again, Dear White People is that was a cast of ours actually. We did a cast on that one. Oh, nice. Yeah the uh, the movie before uh, Netflix decided to adapt it. Oh, you're talking about the movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the original movie. Because she's in that, and she's incredible in that. Mm-hmm. Who was she in that? Uh, I'm trying to think of how best to describe her character. She's very much the foil to um, Thompson's character. God, they're both in the MCU now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Everyone ends up in the MCU eventually. I, I Again, I don't <laughs> want to give away spoilers, but there was a certain person that's now in the MCU. <laughs> so that, that threw me for a loop. Still waiting on my uh, still waiting on my live action Batman versus the Ninja Turtles. Oh, I I <laughs> love that movie. <laughs> Graphic novel is great, but the movie was just unrelenting fun. I'd like to see Ben Affleck fighting some Michael Bay Ninja Turtles. I think that'd be interesting. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'd like to see Robert Pattinson fighting the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. There you go. I am actually curious for that movie. That actually looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I love that because of a podcast series that's coming out, uh, Jeffrey Wright is going to be doing both Commissioner Gordon and Batman in different roles. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Because he's going to do this podcast series as Batman. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Well, at least we all know that at least now that the Joker is confirmed in uh, the Zack Snyder cut. The Snyder cut, yeah. Everybody saw that. I have a commission to write about that, so that's looming for me. Yeah. Not poorly. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be four hours long. Oh, well. 
I'll watch it in parts. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to do the same, which I haven't seen um, the theatrical cut of Justice League, so that'll be interesting. I couldn't get through it. No? I love the direct-to-video movies, and it made yeah. me angry because I'd seen so many better direct-to-video animated mm-hmm. animated with the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- DC's animated universe is on point, but they're... That's the best. Mm-hmm. They're live action. <laughs> you just can't get it together. With few exceptions. Yeah, very few exceptions. Very few. I quite loved Birds of Prey. Yeah. Birds of Prey was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was... It was interesting. It, I thought it was. I, well, I thought it was about as good as Suicide Squad was. I I know yeah. people hated Suicide Squad. I actually kind of liked it. I did too. I I just went into it knowing it was going to be stupid. <laughs> so surprisingly good character work. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna mm-hmm. I was gonna say I'm hyped that things are starting to come together for Shazam too. Ooh. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I just recently learned the director of that's autistic. Oh. Damn, damn, really? That was such a good movie. That was an excellent film. That, that first one, man. Gets you in the heart. Yeah. I was surprised. I, I thought having... Zachary Levi? Yeah, having him, I was kind of worried. I was, like, oh, I was like, you don't look like no animated Shazam that I've seen. <laughs> uh, Shazam usually looks like super buff and cool. Like <laughs> He sold it. He did. He did. The thing was... I love Tangled, so I was like, oh, Flynn Rider's going to be Shazam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. Yeah, he was Flynn. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, he that's was. the note I was looking for. Nice, nice. Josh, tell us where we can find you. I have a website, monarchscomic.com. You can purchase books there. Um, I'm selling the books. I have clothing, so I just a whole bunch of uh, cool stuff. For Monarchs, I'm all over social media. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Monarchs Comic. And then for Boom Animation, BoomAnimationFW.com. Uh, that's our, the website for that. And then um, at BoomAnimationFW for our Instagram and stuff like that. So you can kind of see what we're doing and, uh, you know, what we're, what we're making. Sweet. All right. We'll have those links at the bottom of the page once, uh, once this episode goes live. Awesome. We are at The Omniplex on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Omniplex. Email us, you know, show suggestions, comments, anything. The Omniplex Podcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can find us on our website, theomniplex.org. If you like our show, rate, review us. It really helps us out. iTunes, any of any podcatchers that you may uh, subscribe to our show on. Uh, so yeah, thank you, and uh, extra special thank you to our guest today, Joshua Bullock. Oh, thank you for having me. It was it was fun. Yeah, it was, it was a great pleasure. Oh, you're welcome, man. It's great to to talk to you again after all these years. Yeah, <laughs> it's great to catch up. Oh yeah. See y'all next time. See you next time. Farewell. It's